Today we are privileged to have with us, bringing today's message, uh, Sister Idotris Joseph. She and her husband Elias uh, have been in the last year licensed as evangelists in the Brethren in Christ Church. In fact, I think they may be the only evangelists in the Brethren in Christ Church. And so um, we, I, we are really looking forward to this. I, um, in the first service, I ended this by saying, bring it, Sister Idotris. <laughs> And, and she obeyed. So I, wanna, I want you to know you are in for a real blessing. So let's welcome Sister Idotris. Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. And like Pastor Sedra said, she was just so on point today. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day to everybody. And we're about ready. We speak a blessing over your life. The Lord told me to bless the house, to speak to the house and let you know that he's planning to bless you today. Feel honored to be in his presence and feel his glory in the place. You're such a wonderful savior. Bless this house. Bless this house. Keep us strong and healthy keep us safe and prosperous cover this entire congregation from our children to each spouse come down from heaven lord with your almighty power lord shower us with your favor lord and bless over here, over there, everywhere. Oh, bless, oh, Lord, bless. Please bless this house. The Lord plans to bless us today, so we have to search and look and yearn for that blessing. Bless this house. Bless this house keep us strong and healthy keep us safe and prosperous cover this entire congregation from our children to each spouse come down from heaven lord with your almighty power lord shower us with your favor, Lord, and bless back there, Lord, up there, Lord, bless, oh, bless, please, Lord, bless, oh, bless this house, oh, cover us one by one, cover us name by name. dad bless each mom bless please bless this house oh cover us one by one cover us name by name cover 
bless our singers, Lord. Bless, oh Lord, bless. Please bless this house. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The almighty presence. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The almighty presence. The presence of our Lord is here. The presence of our Lord is here. The presence of our Lord is here. To bless one by one, bless, bless. Oh, bless, oh Lord, bless, please bless this house. Today we celebrate everyone that pushed that baby out. Everyone that had a vertical or a bikini cut, an unexpected C-section, we celebrate you. But most of all, we celebrate everyone that has stood in the matriarchal gap. That means everyone that's fulfilled the role of mommy, mother, godmother, grandma, foster mom, play mom, auntie, sister, friend, niece, daughter, older cousin, big sister, and even the little child that served as a latchkey mommy while daddy and mommy were working. And we even celebrate those daddies that serve as mommies when mommies couldn't serve for themselves. So we celebrate everyone today and we wish you a happy Mother's Day because without you, we wouldn't have this special day. The late Billy Graham prayed many of the same words I'm about to pray. In a crusade in Chicago that was televised in 1971 in Chicago, Illinois. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, our Father, we thank Thee. We thank Thee for this love of God that reaches around the world and engulfs all of mankind. Thou dost love the Russians and the Chinese as much as Thou love the British, the Americans, the Africans, and the Laotians. Thou dost love the whole world. Thou dost love those in living in poverty in caste societies abroad. Thou dost love those waiting at the American-Mexican borders to cross into a better life. Thou dost love the unreached people groups of the globe. And thou dost love every man, woman, boy, and girl the uneducated, the educated, and the new learners. Thou didst send thy son into the whole world, and we're included 
in the redemption plan. And we thank thee, for in this time, I can stand and proclaim the good news that God is love and that God is willing to forgive. I pray that many this day will accept the love of God and act on the love of God and live by the love of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture today is found in Matthew 12, 46 through 50. While Jesus was talking to the crowd, his mothers and his brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are waiting outside, wanting to speak to you. And he replied to him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to the disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whosoever, excuse me, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. This story is also found in Mark 3, 31 through 35 and Luke 8, 9 through 12. And it was read this morning just to say, I really wanted to drive home the fact that God wants to expand his family and he wants you to join. So, is my Jonah in place? Is my Jonah in place? I got a Jonah. Yeah, I got a Jonah. I got somebody cheering me on. Turn around and face the audience. This is my Jonah. All right, you can have your seat. All right, first, I want to give you, oh, I'm not done with my Jonah. First, I want to give you five jewels for Mother's Day. Five precious jewels. The first is the emerald. Jesus is never too busy for his family. While Jesus was talking to the crowd, his mother and his brother stood outside. Now, sometimes we want Jesus, but we think he's too busy to hear us because he doesn't answer us right away. We might want a BMX bike. We might want that Spider-Man bike. We might want that motorcycle. We might want a Toyota that costs $38,000. And we might even want a hoopty just to get around. But Christ was speaking to the crowd with an urgency. Those people really wanted to hear him, so he wouldn't leave. And there's something about an urgency. His family, they were outside, but they could have broken through. But they didn't have quite enough urgency. Now, this is what happens when you don't have an urgency. CNN reported this week that the HTLV-1 virus is affecting residents across Northern Australia. Now, it's not just affecting them, it's leaving a path of death and destruction along the way. CNN also reported that this cousin of the HIV virus, because it's a cousin, it was discovered first. But the scientists didn't do anything about it because HIV came about, and what they did was worked on HIV getting faster, and they forgot about it. But Jesus wasn't too busy to tell us that it was coming. He let us know ahead of time. We didn't do anything about it. So what happened is now parts of the Caribbean, Japan, Brazil, Peru, Colombia, Guyana, African, the Middle East, and Romanian, Romania, all these places have a disease that Jesus told us about 40 years ago. And it's spreading. Now we have, we're a diverse population 
and we have a diverse congregation, and a lot of our members are in these places and our missionaries. So we pray for them with an urgency. One theologian said, while Jesus was uttering truths and giving awful warnings in the audience of vast multitudes, his mother and his brother were outside. Jesus' family has been waiting, and they were hoping to get others involved to resolve the issue. So two is a sapphire. That's your second gem. Jesus came to redeem his family. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are outside wanting to speak to you. Everybody's issues are important to Jesus. Not just one person, not just his biological family, not a certain people group, not a certain town. Everybody's important to Jesus. Jesus was concerned for many reasons. He was concerned because they had questions, but his family was concerned because they said he didn't eat, he won't leave, the Pharisees are in there, the people are asking him too many questions, we need to get him out. But Jesus wasn't just thinking about himself. He was in there laying a foundation of redemption for the entire world, not just his family. Now, I want to give you an illustration because it's Mother's Day. Mary had a right to want her son out of there. Even though he was 30 years old, she wanted the boy to eat. She wanted the boy to have something to drink. She had a right, because mothers are concerned, no matter what kind of mother you are. If I see a child running up and down these steps, I'm going to say, stop, boy, you're going to fall flat on your face. Now, the reason I'm going to say that, I have a right, because I'm a mother and I'm concerned. But we read a litany today of Mary, don't you know, that's not Hank's fault. He didn't do that. Pastor Hank didn't do that. I'm the one that wanted it read because I wanted you to hear the lyrics to the song before I changed them to what I want them to be. Now, Mark Lowry, the gather they're my boys, and Buddy Green, they wrote Mary Did You Know. But this is my version of the song. Here's Mary's son who could walk on water. Here's Mary's son who was able to save sons and daughters. Here's Mary's son who could make Mary and the disciples new. Here's Mary's son, who would soon deliver her and the disciples too. Here's Mary's son, that would give sight to blind men. Here's Mary's son, who would calm the sea with his hand. Here's Mary's son, who had walked where angels trod. Here's Mary's son, when she kissed his face, his little baby face, she kissed the face of God. This was Mary's son. Here's Mary's son, who would make the blind to see, the deaf to hear, and the dead to live again. Here's Mary's son, who would make the lame to leap, and the dumb to speak, the praises, for he was and still is the lamb. Here is Mary's son, the Lord of all creation. Here is Mary's son, the one that would rule every nation. Here's Mary's son. Heaven's perfect lamb. When Mary was holding her sleeping baby, she was holding. She held the once, was, still is, and always will be the great I am. That's Mary's son. I felt the need to revise the son because after 
after an immaculate conception, an almost failed betrothal, a grueling trip to Bethlehem, a star, a manger, three wise men and gifts, warnings, a narrow escape to Egypt, you better believe Mary did know. <laughs> Mary knew. The song says, Mary, did you know? Mary knew. <laughs> there were six to ten people waiting outside trying to get Jesus out, according to theologians. And here's Mary wanting her son to come, but her son is busy setting the stage for her, the next generation, and all the mothers to come. It was his job to set in place the plan of redemption. So today, there are many mothers here giving good counsel that you need to accept what Jesus offers you. Your third jewel is a ruby. Jesus had something good to say to his family. He replied to them, who is my mother and who is my brother? Now, I just told you, Mary knew. I just told you, they asked, did Mary know? Mary knew. And she said, wait a minute, I know who I am. But the problem becomes, Jesus is much greater than just Mary. So at first glance, it seems like Jesus is not interested in his family, but he is. But he's interested in all the families of the world to come as well. Now, Mary thought, if I call my son, Jonah, he should come a-running. <laughs> and if I called my daughter, our doctor's joy who wore that hat today to make me laugh and wet myself, <laughs> and my spiritual daughter, Andrea, they need to come. Andrea's kind of slow. I would expect her to move a little faster. <laughs> now they would think, now they thought, originally this morning I had an idea that I would give them a $20 bill for gas to go back to the Poconos in South Carolina, but the best I could do is a chocolate bar. So here you go. <laughs> go back to your seats. It's just that simple. Mary followed the biblical protocol. She, got, she didn't come as a woman, a second, third, fourth class citizen. She brought her sons with her. She brought men folk. She wanted to be respected. She wanted to get Jesus out. She did all the right things. But Jesus didn't come. Now, Mary thought Jesus owed her. And I have to give this example because my daughter is here. She didn't know. She came in and surprised me yesterday because they honored me at, a, at an event. And I had the same clothes on today because... When you follow Jesus, you can't always do what you want to do. And I didn't get done what I was supposed to do, so here I stand. But I look good. I look good. I know I look good. So my daughter, when she was young, I would say to her, I would say to my daughter, I would say, she would say, well, Mommy, you said you were going to do so-and-so, and you owe me because you said you, I, and I, this is what I said to her. Okay, now Shirley Caesar wrote a song, and the song that she wrote is called No Charge. Now, the thing about no charge is this. It's a little boy that comes to his mom, and he has a list. This is a bill. For mowing the lawn, $2. For picking up my clothes, 50 cents. For feeding the dog, you know, $1. And then the mom does this. And I used to do this to my daughter, and I still do it. <laughs> I did it December. And she cries every time. For the nine months. I carried you growing inside me, no charge.
church. For the nights I sat up with you, doctored you, prayed for you, no charge. For the time and the tears and the cost through the years, there's no charge joy. When you add it all up, the real cost of mom's love is no charge. And about the time, a tear would start falling down her face. And she would bow her head like, okay, mom, okay, mom. I would say, for the night filled with dread and the worries ahead, no charge. For advice and the knowledge and the cost of your college, no charge. For the toys, food, and clothes, and for wiping your nose, no charge. When you add it all up, the real cost of mom's love is no charge. She would walk away crying and say, I told you not to sing that, mom. And this is what happened. But the end of the song goes on to say, Jesus went to Calvary and gave his life as a ransom for me. Now, I don't know whether Jesus knows ran. I can't tell you that. I wasn't there. Nobody, none of y'all can vouch. But I do know that he paid a ransom. And it also says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And his blood paid the debt for, in full for my sins. So the end of the song says, when you add it all up, the real cost of pure love is no charge. That is a real song, and it's the real way that Christ redeemed us. There was no cost on our part. The Bible says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who, who is hung on the pole. He has redeemed us in the order of the blessing given to Abraham. I did it wrong again. He has redeemed us in the order of that blessing given to Abraham. Okay. Other way, it's coming from Abraham through the Gentiles. <laughs> through Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, Jesus had something good about us to say about his family, but we have to be willing to hear it. There's something about Jesus. All the Sunday school teachers, house cell group leaders, all of you know that that scripture in the Bible that says, son, behold your mother, mother, behold your son, but it's really woman, behold thy son. Then the disciple said, behold thy, then he said to the disciple, behold thy mother. That is in John 19, because y'all are Sunday school people, I got to make sure I get it right. John 19, 26 and 27. Mary understood her role, and Jesus understood that he was the redeemer. That brings us to our fourth diamond, which is a diamond. Jesus can distinguish who his family is. You can't fake it with Jesus. We have a song, come out that corner, you can't hide. He knows what you're doing. For some of y'all, I say it like this. He knows when you've been bad or good. So you better be good for goodness sake. Jesus knows. He knows. And 
he distinguishes who you are. Pointing to the crowd, I want to say this. You have discovered why Jesus said, here are my mother, here's my mother, and here's my brothers, pointing to the crowd. The reason he did it was because he wanted to invite all of you in. It wasn't just for his mother and his brother. He wanted to invite everybody in. You could be sitting here on Mother's Day wishing your cousin could be saved, but Jesus already opened the door. So I want to tell you a little bit about me. Some of you might say, well, I'm not going to join this family church thing. I'm not going to do this because Sunday's my other day off, and I'm not trying to do, spend my time with people that I really don't care about and don't know. I'm going to be loyal to my family, and I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to tell you my story. This is my story. If I would have been loyal to my family, by age six, I would have been lying and stealing. Because if I would have listened to what they told me to do, I would have been smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol by age nine. By age 12, I would have been smoking weed, for y'all that don't know, that's marijuana. And then I would have been hooking up with a weed-smoking, drug-dealing boy who wanted to have sex by age 12. Now, you might be thinking, oh, your family don't love you. That's not real love. But I'm going to tell you, oh, yes, my family loved me. They love me. But the difference is, that's how the world loves. The church loves a whole different way. The body of Christ does something totally different. Now, I want to tell you, that meant that I would be a lying, stealing, cigarette smoking, weed smoking, alcoholic, dating a drug dealing drug addict who got me pregnant before age 13, while in Sunday school and singing on the choir and being loyal to my family who didn't know Jesus. Now, I want you to pause and think about that. Let's take a little selah. Come on. Take this, this pause and think about it. I said that could have been my story. Now, I know that there are real stories like that because my husband and I housed 57 foster children. I told you I've been a mom. 57 foster children. And in doing so, we've heard worse stories. That could have been my story, but God said not so. I gave my life to Christ at age 10. Oh, yes, I joined Jesus' family at age 10. So I skipped the perils of childhood poverty that would have been so bleak. The passions of poverty didn't overtake me as they did my friends because I was a part of Jesus' family. They came in a little late. The overwhelming negative offerings that the housing projects of York had to give me, I didn't have to partake in that because with urgency, I ran to the house of the Lord. Amen. With urgency, I knelt in prayer. Love carried me through high school and college and landed me a job as faculty at the University of Pittsburgh in the School of Social Work. And many of you don't know, Pitt got a whole building across the river, across from the, the Cracker Barrel on Route 15. Just give you a little information. The Lord blessed me, gave me a husband that adores me. Saints and friends that love me and co-workers, they thought I was the next best thing to slice bread. But I'm here to tell you, being a Christian is not all baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. By no means. You're going to have some trials if you're going to live this life. Now, I had earned two master's degrees. 
and I was working for University of Pitt, and I was stopped driving the company car, and somebody slammed into me from behind, and I lost it all in an instance. I lost my ability to, to read, and I lost my job and my career with two master's degrees. But God, hey, hallelujah, Jesus. But God. Now, you know, many of you have seen that movie, 50, 50 First Dates with Drew Barrymore and Ann, Adam Sandler. She can't remember what happened the night, the day before, because she goes to bed and she forgets. I had her beat. I couldn't remember what happened five minutes prior. If my husband walked in the room and said, and said these words, what you watching, baby? I was like, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what I had done five minutes before. I lost everything. But you know what? I want you to understand how God works. Being in God's family kept me from losing my mind. It kept me from going bonkers. And May 2019, I will walk across the stage at Liberty University and grab my degree as a, a master's in divinity. Amen. It'll be my third master's. I know what God will do for you. I want to tell you about Jerome. Jerome wrote a letter to Hildorius in 396 A.D. It's important I tell you about Jerome because I'm going to paraphrase this. He said, Christian faith has both sternness and joy. The Christian faith proves that it is not a breach, but a safeguard and salvation of human love. Now, I'm going to quote this from Jerome. Church membership should be a family. And discipleship should be a home with security and understanding and mutual love. The, and the challenges of the kingdom, because you're going to have some challenges. For the followers of Christ are a family around the feet of God. Now, you may not know Jerome, because I don't know him. I never met Jerome. But Jerome is the reason we're going to roll that beautiful bean footage. Hey, Mom, how's Glory? That's my mother. Next slide. That's me, my husband, and my child because we have so many other children, spiritual children and everybody. Next slide. That's my spiritual mother and my Bible holiness teacher. Now, did you see those two hats? Do you have to wonder now? My daughter wore a hat today, and I almost wet myself when she came in with it on. Just to be funny. Next slide. These are my spiritual sisters. You see those years above there? She taught us through the mail. She wrote me letters for 47 years. She's still writing me. When no one else wanted to be bothered with a little 10-year-old from the project, she taught me about Jesus through letters in the mail. Next slide. I grew up and I birthed spiritual daughters of my own. That's Lydia, Lydia and Sujani. One lives in Georgia, one lives in Hershey. They're wonderful daughters. Next slide. Then sickness came and made me look like Uncle Fester. 
on the Adams family. I didn't have cancer. So don't think cancer is the only thing that takes out your hair, because you're wrong. And here I am, but my family in Jesus didn't leave me. What they did was, they didn't desert me. They cooked me food for three months. Next slide. And my sister Kim Dalton said, she's still sick. She came to my house. She said, you look kind of weak. I said, I am. She said, you, do you want some more meals? I said, yes. <laughs> she came back and said, you need to cook Idachis more meals. She's still sick. <laughs> so the meal train continued. Next slide. This is my sister Lynn Taylor, who came to my house when I was sick, and so y'all don't know stuff about me. I got secrets. <laughs> help, me, help me do extreme couponing, and I got free body wash and deodorant for a year. Next slide. I'm not sure what this guy did. All of this right here, it must be the love of God because there's nothing else. He did not come over and he didn't cut no coupons. But he's still my family. Next slide. These are my sisters in Chicago. You know, I'm an evangelist. I've been evangelizing in Chicago over 20 years. And you know what they did? They hired a nurse. They wanted me to come so bad, they hired me a registered nurse and waited on me hand to foot. And I didn't have to preach nothing. Because that's what spiritual family does. Next slide. Welcome to Walmart. That's my story. That's my Jesus family. And excuse me, I just noticed all these problems, this was in a different font, and when they changed the font, it changed the things. I don't do that. I didn't do that. My husband proofread my stuff. Okay, that's my Jesus family. Won't you join? One more slide. I almost forgot, and I added this at the end, we have lots of spiritual children. Lots, I think I wrote this in Algerian, and it didn't turn over. I have lots of spiritual children. Now, they're not twins. We're in Chicago. That was just in December. They're, they're, they're cousins. Okay, now it's the fifth jewel and the final jewel. You can take that down, please. Red diamonds are commonly known as the most expensive and rarest diamond color in the world. That's like Jesus. He's the rarest thing you'll ever find. Someone to die and rise again. No one else has done it. People have died but they haven't gotten up, and they haven't been seen by 500, and they haven't been seen by the 70, and they haven't been seen by, they just haven't been seen. <laughs> the Bible says, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister. Jesus wants you to join his family. Now, I want to tell you how I joined. When I was 10, I was 10, y'all, okay, 10. When I was 10, I didn't use no scripture. Okay, they preached, and I heard it, I believed, and this is what I did. I came to the altar, and I said, Jesus, I did bad things. I sinned, and I'm sorry, and I want to do the right thing and follow you, not the devil. I believe that you're God's son, God's only son, and you died for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. I had learned that in Sunday school and on Easter. And then I said, come into my heart, and I will follow you, and not the devil, forever. And I meant ever. 
read your scriptures, but those simple words have lasted me for 47 years. As I close, I want to tell you, Morris Sider wrote a book called The Nine Portraits, Brethren in Christ, Bi Biographical Sketches. That's a long name. It's just a long name, Pastor Woody. Just too long. But therein he tells a story of a man who was converted in May of 1876. Now, for those of you who don't know who Morris Sider is, he's a Brethren in Christ guy that is a professor and a book writer, and he wrote this book in 1978, so it's old. Okay? But the brother attended a love feast, not fest. See, today I said fest, and that's a beer thing. But <laughs> he attended a love feast, or what we would call today a really good fellowship service with church people, and really, really good food, and something they call a holy kiss. Now, you don't know what a holy kiss is. That's okay, because some of you are young, and you don't know yet. But just ask Mary Lou, Sister Mary Lou, Pastor Woody, or Pastor Cedra. They'll explain it to you, because you don't want to hear what I got to say about it. It's not good. But this holy kiss thing, and so he attended this, and he spent, after he was so moved by the word, afterwards he spent six days in prayer. Because he wanted God to change his heart. He wanted to be converted. So he agonized with God for six days. And then after the six days, he went out and kneeled outside behind a tree stump. Now that's a cut down tree, y'all. So this man's outside, kneeling on his knees, agonizing with God because he wants to be changed. He wants his heart changed. And after two hours out there and six days, he finally got an epiphany. He just believed. I'm not asking you, when I say join Jesus' family, I'm not asking you to pray for six days. I'm not asking you to kneel for two hours and agonize with God behind a tree stump. What I'm asking you to do is just believe. Just believe. So today, I would ask something special because, and I got Pastor Hank, I, I got Pastor Woody's permission for the second service. Okay. <laughs> so today, I would like every mother to come to the altar. If you are auntie, a cousin, uh, if you stood in the matriarchal gap, if you can get here, I want you to come down to the altar. Make your way. Will you come? Put my song up on the screen for me, please. Just as I am. Make your way. Every single mother in the building. One by one and name by name. I don't care if you're an auntie, a play mom, a cousin, anybody that's helped with somebody else's snotty nose, mean, nasty, raggedy child. <laughs> find your way. If you just love babies and you held one all service, Find your way. Our musician is coming. And you know what else? Every man and every person in the audience, I want you to come and show your support for all these women that have struggled over the years. So that should include everybody in the audience. Come and show support to these mothers on today. They have cried, they have prayed, they have groaned. 
Show them that you care. Show them that you love them. Show them that they're in your, you're in, they're in your face. Oh, I'm about to preach up in here. Show them that they're in your family. We're going to join in this congregational hymn of the church. About ready? Just as I for you all being here today and for every mother and so I want to read you a scripture and then I want to pray a prayer over you and then if you still want to remain at the altar the prayer workers altar workers will be here and the musician will still be here Psalms 51 10 through 13 says create in me a pure heart O God renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to thee. I would like you to bow your head today. And just as I started with the revival of Billy Graham's 1971 crusade prayer, I will end in the same manner. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, our Father, we thank Thee for this love of God that reaches around the world and engulfs all of mankind. Thou dost love the Russians and the Chinese, and Thou dost love the British and the Americans and the Africans and the Laotians. Thou dost love the whole world, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Thou dost love those in poverty, living in caste societies abroad. Thou dost love those waiting at the borders to cross into a better life. Thou dost love the unreached people groups of the world where the gospel has never been preached. Thou dost love every man, every woman, boy and girl. Thou dost love everyone serving in the role of motherhood and fatherhood the uneducated, the new learners, the unlearned. God, thou, dost, thou didst send thy son to die for the whole world. God, you sent your son to die for us. Oh, you sent your son to die for us. And we're all included in your redemptive plan. 
You started a long time ago. And so, God, I thank you for a chance to share the good news, to let these people know today that you want them to join your family. You want them to renew their fellowship. You want them to be made new in Christ. God, I want you to wash us clean. I want you to forgive us from our sins. Jesus, you're here with us, and you're willing to forgive us. Let your healing power heal our broken hearts and mend our broken spirits. Jesus, help us not to stand outside with the crowd, outside of the crowd, but bring us into the ark of safety, God, so we can live for you. Give us a mindset to join the family of God. This Mother's Day, I pray that many will accept the love of God, respond to the love of God. You've shown us, you allowed us to join your family. Refresh us and renew us. Each mother that has struggled so long and hard for so many years. Help them with their children, their finances, and their home. Remind them that your family is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Wash us clean over and over again until we feel brand new. Bless us as we live by the love of God and walk day by day. We ask it all in the name of Jesus, the precious Lamb of God, the Holy One of Israel, the great I Am. In Jesus' name we ask it all. We pray, amen, amen, amen. amen. amen.